Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right, let's roll. Here we are. Another fun-filled episode of the Dennis and Andy Show, and I'm Andy. And this is Dennis. Welcome back. Starting off with, you know, what I consider us, Dennis. Good boys. Yeah, we are really good boys. We're good boys. Right. Growing up, my mom was like, you and your brother, you're good boys. See, and I was the good boy. My brother wasn't, and I know he's listening to this, so that's why I'm saying it. (laughs) Oh, there you go. You can throw him under the bus. I don't know, but I agree, Dennis. You're the good boy. But we bring it up because in 2019, one of the... It was it was late 2019 too, I believe. Yeah, it was. It was like I November. think one of the last movies we got to yeah. to see. A movie came out called Good Boys, and the basic premise of the movie was three sixth grade boys ditch school to embark on an epic journey while carrying accidentally stolen drugs. They're being hunted by the teenage gir- teenage girls and trying to make their way home in time for a long awaited party. <laughs> now, sixth grade boys, these these boys are like. Sixth grade, I mean, you're like 10, 11 years old. You know, you're preteen. Well, they're, they're, they're tweens. I mean, they, they bring it up. So, I mean, they're, they're tweens. They're 12-ish, 13, somewhere no, 13, right in there. 13 is, think about it, though. 13 is right around 8th or ninth grade because 13, 14, 15, 16. Well, 9, 16, 10, you're a sophomore because then years. you get your driver's license. Uh, As a sophomore. Freshman, you're 15. My daughter turned 17 in May, she just went through her whole junior year, basically, as a jun- as a 16-year-old. Wow. She entered high school. Like, when I entered high school, I was I was 13. I mean, it depends on what your birthday is, but right. these kids are roughly around 11 or 12. Yeah, they, they call themselves tweens, right, and they're, we'll they're sixth graders. I mean, they're, but, they're, they're in this, and I'm doing air quotes, sixth grade class. Right. I mean, we all know the actors are a little bit older because they do that because they look younger. But still, uh, okay, the movie was outrageously hysterical. Very funny. Um, it was raunchy. It's it's rated R. Yes, it's rated R because so of language. This is not a family movie. No, it's <laughs> well, it, there's no sex in it. No, you know because it, it, it you know this, the main cast are these three young boys so there's no sex in it but the language the situations just i got to be honest like i i felt uncomfortable watching it with Courtney who was 16 at the time because while she's in high school and she's seen this she's definitely heard everything coming out of these kids mouths and stuff you you just think to yourself at that age, the the stuff. I mean, there's a there's sex dolls in this movies, right? There's they, sex toys in the movie, but the kids don't know. So they don't, yeah, the the premise winds up being that the boys that one of the boys has a crush on a girl, right? And they get invited by the cool kid to a, their first kissing party, right? And of course, acting all cool, they're like, of course we'll be there. 
And of course, none of the boys have been to a kissing party and they're freaking out. So they do the smart thing that all sixth graders would do at this point. Right. I'm going to go onto the internet and learn about. <laughs> I'm so glad the internet didn't exist when I was a kid. Yes. The, the, finish what you were saying. Yeah, I, don't, I cut you off. But go ahead. So, the, so they the, go on the internet. Yeah, they go on the internet and of course they type in kissing and other things. And of course it takes them to porn sites. Right. And of course they're like, well, they're, they're kissing, but. They're, they're kissing with the wrong parts of their body. <laughs> and my daughter's watching this with me. You know, she's she's in her very early 20s. And she's got so much secondhand embarrassment. She's covering her yeah, face well, the entire like said, time. My 16-year-old daughter was watching this. And there, my 16-year-old daughter is a very innocent person. And you could see the look on her face just like... What are they talking about? And, you know, and she didn't ask me, thank God. But, you know, when I was a kid and I was 15 or 16, we had at the end of our block, we lived on a dead end. And at the end of the block, the dead end was this set of woods. And when you're a kid, you think, you know, like I remember back thinking that they were huge and they really weren't like. By the time I left to go to go off to art school, college, um, the woods were tor- were tor- torn down, and they they built a funeral home. And when you actually look at it, and you look where the the dead end started, and the length of the woods, it really wasn't that big, you know. But as a kid, they just seemed huge. I mean, I remember going through the woods, climbing trees. There were vines that we could swing on. We had underground forts. But one of the things. And I, I think this is like a, a stereotype from the 80s. And let me know if you ever saw something like this, Dennis. There was that paper bag in the woods. And in the paper bag were like Playboys and penthouse magazines and stuff. <laughs> and I don't know who put them there, but they were all beat the crap, torn up and stuff. But you could look through them still and, and flip through them. And like, yeah, they were just kind of crusty. Like, I don't know how they got there. But that's, you know, we knew where they were stashed. They, they were the hidden thing out in the air. I mean, we had a, a train yard by our house, and it was the same thing. You could walk down there, and there were, like, little stashes. So you knew other people, boys, kids, came right. there occasionally, and that was kind and of that's, their spot. that's where they stashed. And you'd right. see the empty bottles and stuff. And that was, that was our internet, you know, because there was no internet back then. But that was our internet to look at porn. Yeah. And, and adult magazines and stuff. But now, like you said, these sixth graders in this movie are just like, Google men and women kissing. And it's like, you know, just that simple phrase can take you down a bad path. And it does. And so it winds up being hilarious. So the boys have to figure. And so the, the three main boys, their names are Max, Lucas, and Thor. Right. Max is the kid who's kind of the cool, popular one. Lucas is the bigger kid, and he's got a heart of gold. Innocent as all can be. Oh, he yeah. has to tell the so, truth on everything. Totally. Thor winds up being, he looks like a bruiser, and he's all big talk, but in the end, he always, you know, he, he never backs anything up. So they call him Sippy Cup because, you know, it was so funny because you're talking the school record right now. 
is three. They're talking about drinking beer. And right. we're all going, oh, yeah, three beers. Wow, that's pretty good. And they're what? like, three, three sips. sips. Well, sips? <laughs> and, of course, you know, it's just great. Finally, he's like, I'm going to break it, you know. And because they're calling him Sippy Cup, Sippy, Sippy Cup. Yeah. And I'm like, sips. Oh, my God. It, it was so good. But he's the singer. He's got this incredible voice. But that's not cool because, you know, he decides not to sign up for the big play and stuff like right. that. And uh, But anyway, these boys go out there. They've got to learn how to kiss. So the dad of uh, Max, he goes on a business trip and he's got this really cool drone. And he goes, this is for work. No, you can never, ever, ever, ever touch, touch this, this drone. Nope. So immediately we all know. The kids talk him into, well, there's girls in the neighborhood. Use the drone and let's go find them kissing and, you know, watch it. So they do. And they zoom in and they start fighting over the drone with the remote control and the girls see it and they swat it and they wind up capturing it. Hence, this leads into the two babysitters, like trying to get the kids need to get the drone back and from the babysitters who, of course, have this molly, which the kids wind up getting, which are, are in a vitamin case. And the whole thing pursues because the girls want their molly for their party and the boys need their drone back and they just won't make a swap and they try, try keep trying to trick each other. It winds up being a great chase thing throughout the entire movie until the drone gets destroyed. <laughs> And the dad, whose drone it is, is played by Will Forte, who's just an hysterical actor. He does a great job. I kind of wish he was in the movie more, but it wasn't about him. Yeah. But instead of casting just a throwaway for the dad, they they, they did a great casting job with Will Forte. Um, there are definitely, you know, here's one spoiler from the movie is uh, we brought up how these boys come across sex toys. And one of them... <laughs> They're in the closet. Anal beads. A-N-A-L. Because that's how the boys pronounce it. (laughs) Anal beads. Oh, these are weapons. So they need money. So the premise is they've got, they're going to sell one of their, it looks like a magic card. Very, very rare magic card. Right. Or one of the old CC. So they're going to sell it like for $400 because they need like $600 to buy the new drone. Exactly. So they're going to go sell this. So this older guy who they claim looks like a pedophile comes to the house (laughs) and the boys go, well, we need weapons. So they dig through the closet and pull out all of these weapons, including various sex toys, anal beads and when the guy answers the door the one kid's in like one of the leather masks with the zipper mouth <laughs> do you remember whose house they were in where they found all that stuff uh because i, I think not i think it was movie. i think it was max's house the one with the drone in it okay yeah but they don't actually say because there's there's the sex toys well, in the brain. Ha- max is the one that has the sister that they won't uh they won't let participate in stuff. So they're like, oh, it's boys only. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's their house. And of course, so it's it's really funny. So they're going through, what are these? What are these? What kind of weapons are these? So, you know, they have various length of sexual devices and stuff they're pulling out. But these kids are innocent. They have no yeah, they have idea. No and then, of course, you know, Lucas, the, the, the kid of gold, he picks up the Anolbies. He goes, oh. And the ones, Thor's like, oh, they're nunchucks. And he starts swinging them around. He hits them in his head. He goes, no, I think it's like a necklace. And he picks it up and he goes, wow. These smell like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
why did he smell so bad? Oh my god, it was great. But when the guy shows up, the pedophile guy, it was so funny because the kids were there. Oh, and they they were going to practice kissing. So he goes, right. well, my dad's got a CPR, CPR doll. doll. Oh, well, that's cool. And they go up in there and you see the doll. She's laying, you know, sitting up on the bed. And the kids are sitting there and they're like, and he goes, all right, well, you kiss it. So he leans forward and starts kissing it. Now, we're already looking at this doll going, that, is that not does a, not look like a CPR doll CPR that I've seen. CPR dolls aren't pretty. No. And usually they're just generic males. Yeah. This, this, this was a, a sex doll. Yeah. So the kid goes to kiss it. He's like, and he's like, ugh. And he's pulling back. And they're like, what? Was it that bad? He yeah. goes, why is there hair in the mouth? And he's pulling it out. And we're like, oh, my, oh my God. God. So we all knew what kind of a doll oh, it yeah. is. So they can't part with the card when the pedophile boy shows up, the the guy who's going to buy it. And they kept calling. So they bring the doll down, dress it up and say, that's my mother in the kitchen. Right. Because they don't want they don't want the dude to think that they're by themselves. So they want to make sure that the guy thinks there's an adult in the house. So they dress the doll up, bring it down, set it at the kitchen table, obviously with its back facing the door so all you can see is the back of it and yeah from the back you just assume some adult woman is sitting at the kitchen table and they try to pass it off as their mom and then he goes and talks to her and touches her ma'am can I get a glass of water and she falls over right. onto the floor <laughs> uh, and then he's like well kids if you don't want to give up the card how much for the for the doll and they're like you want the CPR doll he goes the C Yes, yes, the CPR yes, the doll. CPR <laughs> so they wind up selling it for I think four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, they get the money. Yeah, and the kid, the kids, it was so hilarious. The kids are like, well, I would have sold it for three hundred. And he goes, I would have paid a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> it was awesome. So they get the money. So they have to go all the way across the, the big city to this mall. Um, in order to go buy the drone, because they call up and they've got one left, so the boys say, please hold it for me. And you, and you got to remember that all the way across the city, to sixth graders is to an adult just saying, oh, I just got to drive over here, which it's not that far. But, you know, it was four back, miles right, in there. Four miles. And once again, I remember being a kid growing up, and the one mall that we would go to all the time where I grew up, was four miles away. And the reason I know it is because the straight shot to the mall, we lived really close to an interstate and you would just get on the interstate and drive four miles and get off at the exit and boom, you were at the mall. And I remember driving there with my parents and stuff and we get in the car just thinking, oh my God, how far away is this place? And now, you know, as an adult, when I drive places, I mean, just the supermarket where I, you know, from my house is about that distance. And it's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. But as a kid, you're just like, four miles. How are we ever going to get there? Yep. Yeah. So I, they have to go on this journey. So we know it's a pretty good sized city. You just don't know at the time. But they eventually see, and it's, it's like E.T. at the crest of the hill, you look over and you can see the mall up ahead. And then you look down. And you see an interstate, a highway of some sort that's like an eight or ten lane highway with a median in the middle, so yeah. separating the four or five lanes on both sides. 
And they realize they get down there, they have to cross it. There's no sidewalks, there's no nothing. They have to be able to cross it. The good news is it's rush hour or drive home traffic. So the traffic is basically stopped. So the kids are like, oh, cool. And they start crossing the highway, which is barely moving. The people are honking at them and they get halfway over. They crawl over the median the other side and they get into an argument. And they start fighting and you see them, blah, blah, blah. No, I think this and this and they're arguing. Well, as they're arguing, you can see the traffic start moving really quickly. <laughs> well, it's not it's that, but it's also that rush hour only goes in one direction. So they lucked out the first way. Right. Because it was more bumper to bumper where the second way was, you know, wasn't full speed, but it was quicker because it was the non-rush hour direction. And they had to cross that. And that was almost like that game Frogger. Remember Frogger? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. So the kids notice, as soon as they're done arguing, the traffic is zooming at 50 miles an hour. And they're like, no, there is no way to get in there. So finally, Max, the, the short one, he was like... He just starts screaming, ah, and literally just just runs, runs, closes his eyes and just runs. And they're like, no, he makes it across. We're like, what? How is that even possible with all that traffic? And then then the second part was like George Costanza in like that Frogger episode. Have anybody seen the Frogger episode where he buys the Frogger machine and he has to move it across? He's like moving forward, dancing to the left, dancing to the right, going back, moving forward. Lucas crosses it by doing the Frogger maneuvers and we're laughing because we all know it's Frogger. And then it's up to Sippy Cup. Thor to to cross, which of course was hilarious. So this scene winds up being so incredibly funny. And of course it's physical comedy, but it was incredibly well done. There's, I mean, the movie from start to finish is just a riot. Yes. Um, It all works out in the end, needless to say, but it is, is a, you know, if you're looking for a good, a good comedy, I believe is, I can't remember if it's on Netflix. I know it's on HBO. It's on HBO. Obviously, you can rent it anywhere. That's what I wound up doing. I, I'm on Vudu, and so I just bought it through Vudu yeah. because my 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 daughter wanted to watch Emma when she was home, so I had to buy that, and I saw that. I'm like, okay, I know she hasn't seen this. Have to watch this. And, you, you know, honestly, if you're going to watch Emma, you got to balance it out. So when the scales of justice, Emma's here, Good Boys is here, and they really balance each other well. Uh-huh. <laughs> or should I say, if you watch Emma, you have to wash the taste of that movie out of your mouth with something fun. So then you watch Good Boys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Needless to say, Good Boys, it is good humor all the way through. Now, there's a lot of sexual innuendo. Oh, yeah. So for the younger people, it'll go right over their head for us. It's almost cringeworthy at it's, times. Um, the the fight in the uh, fraternity house is classic, and it's, it involves paintball guns. There is so much good physical humor in this, but it's all about the friendship of the boys. Right. And what, to me, makes this work isn't just the humor. The boys' friendship, uh, the, they call themselves the beanbag boys. Right. We're the beanbag they, they boys. They have a little bit of turmoil. It, it, that's what it boils down to, is that friendship bond that you have when you're that age and you you see how they, you know, they had their disagreements and stuff, but they do end up pulling back together. Um, 
And I mean, I don't know about you, Dennis, but like, I'm still really good friends with my best friend that I met when we were in third grade. He was best man at my wedding. We had adventures like this. Um, it, 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 it's definitely not, even though the cast is kids, it's not a kids movie because it's R rated, but it, it will definitely evoke memories from when you were a kid. You know, good memories from when you were a kid, hopefully. Yep. And just that alone, you yep. know, is just makes it fun. It does. I mean, the, the humor is great. The story is fun. The uh, the two um, older babysitters, as you find out about them, they're fun. It's a good cast, but it, it's about friendship, knowing that as they get older... They will separate because usually your youngest friends, you don't, most people don't right. have their third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade friends. Usually it's high school, college and stuff. Right. And they accept it, but they know there's a bond there and they will always stay friends even when life diverges them and they go across. So it's a good tween movie that has all the adult humor. So it's a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, it totally is. What, um... So what grade are you giving it? CGC grade on this one? I will go... Uh, you know what? I'm going a 9-0. And I was going to do a 9-2, uh, a near mint minus. Yeah. There's a few things that I would do, but not, not a lot. It was very enjoyable. Um, a movie that I would recommend to a lot of people just understand the type of material that we've talked about, so it's not appropriate for all ages. It's yeah, rated would, R I, for a reason. But it's worth it. I would go, you know, the thing that, what's the R rating? Is it no one supposedly 17 and under? Yeah. I, see, I would almost change that to 16, I think, because I probably wouldn't take a 15-year-old to see it. And, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs going 15, 16, what's the thing? Well, it's definitely worse than an, a, a 13, the 13 rating. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't know if I would go R on it. I can see kind of where they did, but, well, yeah. it's... There's nothing it, in between it. No, it's it's the language. Yeah, and it's it's. I don't even know if the sexual innuendo has anything to do with it. I think it's just the language. It's it's that whole thing where if you don't realize it, a PG thirteen movie, you're allowed to have one f bomb in it. Yep, one. So what I like doing is when we see a PG thirteen movie, I love keeping my eye out or my ear out I should say for that one F-bomb because it always happens it always happens always um, and some movies make fun of it by literally dropping it and looking almost right at the camera when they do it so I would think this movie is R because of the language more than anything else I don't visually I can't think of anything in it that will pull an R rating because like I said there wasn't any nudity no not at all there was no sex nope uh, the the little bit of kissing that is literally yeah, that, that is it. it. It's language and and sexual content without there being sex, right? So and there's there's a fair amount of it. But anyway, great movie. We recommend uh, seeing it. So go rent your copy of it. That's right. Check it out. So very cool. The next thing wound up being um, we were uh, my family was down in Myrtle Beach. We were down. For a few days in the in the fun and sun, and uh, we went and visited a couple of our, our friends down there, really good friends um, that lived down in Myrtle Beach, and we did a cookout with them, so it was great to see them. 
And um, they, they're the ones who do the uh, Grand Strand Comic Con. So, yeah, uh, Brad and Jen had a great time with you guys down there. Thank you. And we were in the hotel one night, and my niece and nephew were got stuck on watching Teen Titans Go. Oh, yeah. And they have this absolutely wonderful... Uh, episode which really harkened me back to their age and it was all about Starfire mm -hmm. she's she's not special now granted she is a superhero and so, an alien and an alien so I mean, she, that's that's pretty special but in her mind she's not special she's done yeah. nothing special oh, so they order a book through the mail the Book of World Records. Oh, man. Which I, as a kid, always had a copy of or checked one out at the library. But whenever the Scholastic things came oh, yeah. out, I always like ordered something that was related to the Guinness Book of World Records. That is uh, something that my daughter, I think that's a phase every kid goes through. Or if you, like you said, I, when I was a kid, I was always fascinated by the Guinness Book as well. So that could be it. Because when my daughter had the book fairs at school and stuff, that was a book she got on almost a yearly basis for four or five years was the Guinness book. Yeah. It's just a fun book to go through. And then, like, um, in Myrtle Beach, they don't have the Guinness. There's not a Guinness. There's a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Yes. Which, you know, has some, obviously, world record stuff in it. Yep. So, yeah, I... That book is just fun to flip through just for the insane stuff that's in it. So it was a cute episode because it was, she decides, she orders the book and they're like, oh, I'm going to do one of these and become special. And they're like, well, it takes a lot of commitment no matter what you decide to do. So she's looking through it and she decides on, I want to grow the longest fingernails in the world. And immediately I heard that and went, oh, I actually have to sit down and watch this. Because one of the coolest things that I remember when I was their age was in one of the books, the they had the really long yeah. fingernails. And I remember the picture stuck in my head. And then it changed years, you know, years later as I got different editions. And it was just so funny because the the as we're watching this. Strange. So this winds up being a strange tales. Now wait, in the in the cartoon, did they kind of show the page, or did they just show her like flipping through it and going, "I want to do this"? Yes, they show her flipping through it. I want to do this, so it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't show, really the, show the the person. Right, right, right. So it's funny because she goes, "I am going to do this," and you you start seeing like time jumps over the years, and she's the Teen Titans are doing their things and her fingernails get longer and longer and longer. And then it like ages. So it's like, um, you know, Robin is old. He's like got a cane and everything like this. It's in season six, episode 13. I think it's called Record Book. And it was just great because he's like, oh, and her fingernails are so long now. And probably because she's an alien, right. they're already bursting out the walls of the Teen Titans uh, headquarters. <laughs> that is just such a weird, you know, and that obviously that was a, a real world record of woman held. It's just so gross. Right. So I'll get to the strange tales part, yeah. which is, so the one of the ladies that I remember who held the world's longest record, there was a gentleman, I think, that had it, and then she took it over. And she's the picture I remember from one of the versions. Yeah, that's what I always thought it was a woman. That's what I remember. Too. Yeah. 
Yep. So anyway, they want there wound up being a strange tale story on it. So her name is Lee Redman. We'll post something on on the site so you can um, you know see a picture of it. She holds now holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest fingernails Oof. ever on a woman, and um, they had grown. She hasn't cut her fingernails since 1979. All yeah. right. Yeah. The pictures are awesome. They're off, and she has to dip them in warm olive oil every day, right. and then she basically paints them. How do you sleep with those things? I have no how idea. How do you shower? How do you do anything? You can, how do you go? How do you get in a car and go somewhere? I mean, you've had, you've got to see. The, what's the length of those things? So the length, the longest she got was eight point six five meters. So, so in here, if we think of it as eight and a half, say almost nine yards, that's 27 feet per fingernail. What? Yes. What? 8.65 meters. It says in total. So now that actually makes me wonder. Earning her the Guinness World Record for the longest fingernails on a pair of hands. Yeah, so I wonder if that's all of them. Added. I wonder if that yes, because it says so. It's very specific. So because I'm, they don't. You never see the ends of it except for the one picture, and they look like they're three feet long, two and a half feet. That's long what I was each. saying. If I remember correctly, they look like. But still, we're not saying that's not a feet because it is. Seventy nine was the last time she clipped up. Oh my! So forty one years ago. Does this say if that woman's married? Uh, well, she's she's a grandmother. So yep. So she's from Salt Lake City, which is cool because you know I'm originally from that uh, area. I'd be going out there to visit it again. But here's the strange tales part. So with with this being you know on Teen Titans right now. her her place in the world record books was cut short when no she was pun intended. Re- uh-huh. I see what you did there. I know, right? She was recently involved in a car crash <gasps> and her nails were ripped off. <gasps> yes. And you she, know they didn't just break. I bet they were ripped off at the nail bed yeah. because they were so long. She was sitting in the passenger seat when the car she was in crashed into three other vehicles, and she was actually thrown into the road. Oh. So I don't know if she was wearing a seatbelt or not. Not here to judge. You know what's even worse about that is, at least if she was able to say, okay, I've done this long enough, I am going to cut them. They could have made a spectacle about her cutting them. They could have been taking them, taken them, and I don't know, uh, done something to them to make them. I mean, they're fingernails, so right. they're not going to disintegrate or something. I don't think. Just do something with them to. Once again, in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, they could have been a, a artifact on display for people to look at in a case. That's true. But this stupid auto accident. You know, it it got me thinking, though. She hasn't cut her nail since 1979. I've never shaved my legs. Why am I... Never. Not once (laughs) have I shaved my legs. Not once. The hair on my legs has never been cut. Never had scissors taken to them. Never a razor. Never. Have I shaved my legs? Huh. So you're asking, why don't you look like Sasquatch? Exactly. Hmm. Well, that's because John Byrne didn't draw you. Damn it. 
Damn it to hell. So she was sad. She immediately saw her fingernails in the road and just burst out crying. I would too. And she goes, it was just something I had to accept because I couldn't change anything. She goes, the thing that bothered me was it became your identity. And I felt that I had lost that. So now she still, so she still holds the record for the longest nails ever, but she's no longer the current record holder because now her nails are gone there's another person who's been letting it grow and so she's now the current holder for the longest nails currently is it see what i'm saying right so wait currently it's not her it's somebody else right because the other person's still growing so the person who's still growing them Mm -hmm. is the current holder but she's the all-time record but we don't know how long that other person's are or anything uh, it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't say, say and yeah. it wouldn't be in the Guinness Book of World Records right. yet. Right. Until because the new edition. Be. Oh, right. Right. So now let's fast forward into Starfire. So she, this yeah. is exactly the same scenario. So she's in there. Robin's an old man, basically. He's got his cane. He's like, oh, and he goes, "Are you ever going to be done?" No, and it's hard to shower, and it's hard to do all these things. Yeah, sure. But she's sitting on the couch, and her arms are out, and the nails are literally going through both walls outside. And all of a sudden, they're like, how long are you going to keep this up? Well, I I need to get the record to be special. All of a sudden, the Teen Titans alert comes in there. Uh Oh, I wonder what that is, says the old Robin. And they go and find out. A meteorite is heading to Earth, barreling towards it, and it's going to crash in and destroy the entire Earth. Oh, no. Oh, yes. You can see what's going to happen. We have no way to stop that asteroid. There's just no way. There's, there's just no, no way. way. There's, there's just no way. I mean, even though you've got Cyborg and right, Raven there's all these all other, other superheroes that are old, but, you know, apparently there's no other way. And, and there's probably... You know, they're old. I'm sure the superheroes didn't end with them. So there's probably younger ones. Right. But no. But no. No. But who's going to save the day? Starfire. So Starfire. All of a sudden, you see the, the her fingernails rip up and start tearing the walls up and go through the top of the tower. Then they cut to the scene where you see the asteroid heading towards, barreling towards Earth. And then all of a sudden, you see these fingernails come up from the Earth and... Right, hit the rock in mid-flight, directly in the middle, and of course it shatters her nails. But it winds up stopping the asteroid. She saves the Earth, but she never officially sets the record. So she feels like she was not all that special. But she saved the Earth because of her long fingernails. (laughs) But you gotta figure, if her nails were that long, and this takes place on Earth. In their world, in Teen Titans' Go world, how the hell long were the fingernails of the person she was trying to beat? Good Lord! Yes. <laughs> when you think about it that way. Right. So, obviously, this is a cartoon. But the two just wound up working hand oh in God, hand at the same time. And I was like, this is truly... This was meant to be. Yeah. Well, you know, on the topic of Guinness Book of World Records, I was doing a little... Little searching myself, and since we're big comic book guys here, uh, you know, I always thought I had a pretty good sized collection of comics. My daughter just like I know I don't have a huge amount. I have like you know five, six thousand comics, so I know it's not huge, but still, that's that's a pretty good size. It's mediocre, and my daughter just thinks I have millions of them. 
Uh, I know you have a big collection of comics. Yeah, I got a pretty big collection. Number-wise, what are you thinking? It's a little over, I think, 28,000 at this point. So that's four, five times the size of mine, almost. Huge. I've been to your house. I've seen, you know, huge. Well, the Guinness Book, if anybody's wondering, was set... The Guinness Book for the largest collection of comic books was set in August of 2015... The total number of comics by this collector named Bob Breet- Bob Breetal is 100,822 copies. No duplicates were counted. So that's individual. Which, it's funny to me because when I think of the Guinness Book of World Records for comics, 100,000, you know, let's just round up, say, uh, 110,000, doesn't really seem that much. I, You know, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, oh, it's got to be in the millions or something. Yeah, but I get you know it's a hundred thousand. Uh, like I said, the total only includes the number of unique comics. Duplicates, duplicate copies were not included. Uh, he keeps his collection in a three car garage, which my wife would kill me right there. And um, you know he's been he's been collecting comics. Let's see. Uh, when he was eight years old, he started collecting. His first one was Amazing Spider-Man 88. So that goes back into the 60s. Um, it was by John Romita Sr. and Stan Lee. To me, John Romita is the senior's the ultimate Spider-Man artist. I don't fall on the Ditko side. Where do you fall on that? I wouldn't disagree. That is probably some of my favorite stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, I like Steve Ditko, who was the original Spider-Man artist, creator of Spider-Man. Yep. Um, but to me, it's John Romita Sr. Anyhow... So this guy, he's got, you know, he's got the largest collection, you know, good for him. But once again, if anybody's listening, this record was set five years ago. It's just looking to be broken. And on the on the Guinness website, there's a button that says apply now. So if you think you can beat this dude's collection, so hit apply. Yeah, I was going to say, so just Annie and I do a lot of conventions. And we know people with really huge collections. Some guys but, have houses with barns full of stuff. Now, I'm willing to bet that some of the people we know probably have more. And yes, they have to be unique. But the other thing is you have to have them counted. So there's an entire process. Most of the guys that we know probably wouldn't do it. So I'm willing to bet there are people out there that have more books and more unique books in a personal collection. So, I mean, the guy who owns Mile High Comics, things like that, they wouldn't count. Um, Well, but it depends because... See, that's tough because it doesn't say qualifier on this of even though the guy that owns Mile High and Mile High is like it says, it's in Denver, Colorado. Um, it's a it's a dealer. He's a dealer. But what if he just went through and counted all the issues of comics he has that and took out all the duplicates and it's more than this? Would it discount because he's a dealer? I mean, why should... You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I find it. I'm willing I, I, to bet that it probably excludes him because we we know deal. Well, when I say dealers, I mean which is his comics and which are his yeah. Stores because comics. if he really cared enough and was like, "Well, I can beat that record," he could literally go through. I would assume, and this is the Mile High guy, pull one of everything he has, as long as it's not duplicates. Pull one of everything and go. No, this is now my personal collection, and beat it. And then let's say he does, and they count it, and then two days later, he's like, yeah, I don't want these anymore, I'm going to sell them. Well, at the time, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's, Whereas it's this really, gentleman doesn't, he doesn't sell anything. He's like me. He's, I, I right. don't sell my comics, really. A few here and there, but right. I wind up... Well, you don't have many. More. Like, I don't know about you, out of the 6,000 I have, I don't have a ton of duplicates. No, I have, I, few, I, I have duplicates, but they're usually just of my favorite key issues or something right. like that. And I always look to upgrade them to, I like better copies. So, you know, if I get an X-Men 101 and hey, there's a better quality one, eh, I'll go ahead and buy one. You know, so I have a few of them. You know, first, you know, when Rogue joins the X-Men, I got a bunch of her, you know, binary, you know, when Captain Marvel becomes sure. binary in the X-Men, I got a bunch of copies of that because it's just one of my, you know, favorite issues. I, I Are you do. talking when she's binary on the cover and stuff, the Dave Cocker one? Yeah, I think it's like 164. Really? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, don't ask me why. That just became a really interesting incarnation for me. Short-lived, but it was did really that one, cool. With the, Mar- with the Captain Marvel movie that came out last year, did that one shoot up in value? It went up a little bit, not as much, because they actually call it when she went binary. So they right. actually make that comment, but it went up a little bit, but I, no, nothing nothing ridiculous. Right. Cool. Yeah, no, I remember that issue. I like that costume a lot, actually. Yeah. Dave Cockrum was just great at costume designs. Yep. All right, well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go out and check out Good Boys. Let us know what you think of it. We think you'll love it. If you think you can beat the Guinness Book for having more comic books than this guy, do it. It's been five years. Somebody's got to out there. Yep. Leave us any comments on our Facebook page, and uh, particularly if you want to do anything with that Guinness Book of World Records for all of you that have lots of comics. And please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a rating. Five stars would be the best, of course. Yep. You can find us now. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. And, yeah. And then we'll post them on, our, uh, on Facebook so you'll have links to them. That's right. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. See you later. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.